I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. As I mentioned in past episodes, today's episode was pre-recorded a few weeks ahead of its release um, as a precaution since I am back on set and I just don't, I like to have things done early um, in case, you know, things get crazy and I'm I'm not able to schedule something with someone. Um, so, just an FYI. This, this episode was recorded a few weeks ago. I hope that everyone is doing good out there. It's what? So now it's it's close to the end of September. It's middle of September, end of September, somewhere around there. Uh, we're getting close to uh, October, my favorite month of the year. Um, I'm very excited. I, I don't know if my friend is having his annual Halloween party this year or not. I hope he is because it's my favorite Halloween party. Um, and a few months ago, I decided that I was going to try to make a Regency dress. Yes, partly because of, of Bridgerton, but I was also the teenager who tried to order um, Kira Knightley's long dress at the end of Pride and Prejudice several times as a child. Um, I I'm very much so wanted it. Um, so I've always loved the Regency era and <laughs> I haven't started on this dress and I need to start on this dress because now it's like that time 
is coming. And I went down to the garment district in Los Angeles. I bought like this beautiful fabric. I was like, I'm doing it. And I have not done it. So I either need to call someone and be like, I need you to help me do this. Or I need to like buckle down for like a straight week, not leave my little craft area and just try to sew this dress together. The funny thing is, is that I've never sewn any clothing. Um, I have made a tortilla warmer. (laughs) So this will be interesting. It'll be fun. Anyway, uh, all that to say, October's almost here. I can't wait to hear what everyone's dressing up as. I'm super stoked um, because I love October. Today on the show, we have the fantastic Kevin Mambo. Uh, He has been in just about everything from Book of Mormon to Guiding Light, and he's on a new Netflix show called Hit and Run. We have a great conversation. Uh, It was a pleasure to meet somebody who's so versatile and has had such a fantastic career in life and all-around great guy. So here is my conversation with Kevin Mambo. And welcome to the show, Kevin. How you doing? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. How are you? Good, 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 good. Yeah. Are you uh, Are you in LA or are you on the east side? I'm on the east side. I'm currently in DC. You're in DC. How's um? Mm-hmm. Did Ida hit you guys at all? We actually got pretty lucky. We got a whole um, in the middle of the night fireworks display kind wow. of thing. Not so much water, but, you know, lightning and the whole. Oh, wow. All of that and wind and, and it passed right through. Wow. Well, good to hear that. I know my friends in New York were <laughs> like, I can't step outside. It is completely yeah, flooded. It's bad. Very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm very excited to talk to you. I was I was looking at. uh wikipedia and imdb and all that stuff before getting on here and um you've had quite the versatile career um which i think it's it's obviously very important as an actor to have you know versatility but um you've really done it in in like every fashion i mean going from soap opera to broadway to you know network tv and now your streaming site too um how did you get started in this industry? How did, like, what was your calling to it? How did you know you want to do this? I started um, as a musician when I was younger. Ah. I was playing jazz, competitive jazz at a young age. And that was, music was really where I thought I was headed. Yeah. By the time I got out of high school um, and I had a music teacher who was not so kind to me. Oh. Um, <laughs> because I was as good a horn player as he was. <laughs> and so he made my life uh, with him particularly difficult. Ah. And so uh, in order to kind of spite him, I ended up auditioning for the school play. Oh. Which was uh, The King and I. Next thing I know, I'm booked to play The King. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and... St- I had never acted before, taken an acting class, but I decided to try to take the language that I knew from music Mm. into this project, into this play, into this, whatever this thing is, um, where there's harmony, where there's discord, where there's, you know, uh, uh, themes that repeat, Mm. where there's, uh, where there's minor resolving between characters. And used that language and found that, you know, artistically, we end up using a lot of the same language. And anyway, we fast forward, I got into McGill um, when I was studying political science, African history. Wow. And 
I realized after having come down with a friend to um, to the USC campus, I went and saw the law school, mm. um, but I also went and saw the theater school, right? <laughs> in the music school. And I thought to myself, one day I was working on a paper and I was like, is this what I would do and give my whole heart to at four in the morning? Mm. Had I started whatever this project is at four in the afternoon, would I be as jazzed about reading briefs and preparing to present tomorrow <laughs> more so than the guy down the block? Honestly. Yeah. And I was like, I could be on set for a day and a half working. Yeah. And he just really it just solidified it for me. It's, I was like, it's not going to be an easy journey, but no. <laughs> that's where I'm supposed to be. Wow. So what happened? Did you drop out of out of poli sci and go on I over really to theater? Did. And I, I did. And I, I, I was uh, they had auditioned like uh, 8000 kids for a spot in the BFA school. Wow. I missed the live auditions. So I sent them a tape and they had 26 spots and I got in. Holy crap. So I thought, you know, no matter what happens, there's something for me on the other side of what that door is. Mm hmm. Who knows what it is, but that's a pretty that's a pretty tight squeeze. Yeah, for something on the other side, right? Yeah. <laughs> Very tight squeeze. And I, and I looked at it like that, you know, without having any preconception about what it is that I thought I'm going to do or I think I'm going to. I just knew that something, whatever I wanted to do, was over on the other on side. On that other part. side. So you do the BFA program. Do you finish that? I finished that. Okay, and. As I'm exiting uh, school, I had gone, I'd come to New York to uh, screen test for a soap over spring break. Oh, wow. I had auditioned earlier in the year, and by the time spring break came around, they had a handful of guys they flew out to, um, to screen test for a role. I ended up being too young for the role. Mm. But they called about a month or two later and said, you know, we really want to keep you. So when you're done, come to New York. Wow. And we'll figure it out and we'll write something. But, you know. Wow. To not have the anxiety of having to start that. Yeah. Find your first job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really, really, I was really thankful for that. And that was Guiding Light, and, right? Yeah. That was the Guiding Light. I, I had done my first job as a freshman. Really? Uh, my first audition at CBS landed me in front of Steve Tisch and in front of like a, a, a college. It was like a basic like college um, coming of age group story. It was like post 90210. Wow. We were uh, right around the time of class of 95. Okay. And, Ro and Roseanne was still on the edge. Oh, wow. This was like in the early, early 90s. And it we we taped I think six or eight episodes. It was perfect. It, I came out of um, freshman year into summer. All of a sudden, I'm working in this job. Oh my god! And by the time we're done taping everything, at least the first six eight episodes, time to go back to school. Amazing. So it was just like it was this seamless. Yeah, it was a sort of nothing actually really rubbed against each other mm. too hard. Sometimes it's tough, you know. Um, I was coming from another country, so I wasn't eligible for a lot of uh, grants, student mm. aid. 
work study, things like that. So I had to, on a certain level, make sure that if I had been out here in this world and I had been working already to keep that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where a lot of, you know, being here was going to come from. You know? Wow. So you moved to, to New York. You're on Guiding Light. You win a couple Emmys. I mean, yeah. how cool. Totally. It was, uh, yeah, totally by surprise. Um, I met a lot of really, really great people working at Guiding Light from actors to writers, directors. Our producers are really great mm. as well. And we had, you know, a handful of cast members who were consistent winners. Yeah. And I felt that, you know, I've just coming out of getting catapulted right out of class. And now I'm here. I haven't had a chance to like be in another class, an on-camera class, mm -hmm. sit, absorb, learn, sort of craft. What is that about? You're sort of really, you're surfing, right? You're learning on the job. So I chose a few people to really watch. Mm um before i started and once i had started and adopted some of their habits yeah. and next thing i knew yeah next thing you knew a couple of daytime did you win two daytime Emmys? was that i won two that's amazing yeah. that's so cool it was really 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 cool wow there's nothing like accepting an award and on the stage of radio city no oh that was when they were still in new york Oh, mm -hmm. wow. mm -hmm. that would have been amazing i mean that's that was really cool that so same cool. day i also got to i think they were having a, a rehearsal of some kind i also got to um dance kickstep on that stage with the rockets no way they pulled me right into the middle of the group during rehearsal yeah wow that is so <laughs> fun <laughs> Oh my gosh, what a great memory. What a great story. Like the day you win a daytime Emmy, you also danced with the Rockettes. Pretty freaking cool. Crazy. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. So you were on Guiding Light, you do that. And how long were you on that? And then what was like the transition? Did you decide to stay um, in New York? I was there for three years. Okay. Um, and I hadn't really, I, my time and the people I knew and the, you know, casting and all that other stuff was starting to really grow roots yeah. here. Um, I ended up back in LA for a little bit and just found that it wasn't really clicking. Mm. And I really um, was a person who benefited from more, why don't you say it? More centralized artistic community. Yeah. So being able to go and hear live music yeah. or being able to go and see live shows or being able to go to an opening, mm -hmm. things like that, that you, that you take for granted when you live in certain big cities. But at, for the size that LA is, just didn't really have that very centralized thing, which I which I felt I benefited from. Yeah. It, it makes sense. I mean, LA is, it's very, what people don't realize about Los Angeles is like, it's so spread out. Like you have to have a car. It's not like you can just like, get on the subway, go downtown and figure out if I want to go see a play like that. You don't do that. Right. right. And in these days you can more than you used to be. Like when I was in school there, there was no train. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There was there was no tra- no. There was no train at all. No, <laughs> our our. And I think the first time work. they tried to do it, you know, somebody was cutting corners and in filling in the tunnels, used <laughs> sawdust instead of like rock cement or something like that. And now you have like a sinkhole in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. It was a mess. Oh my god. A mess. Um, a mess. So you stay in New York, and then what's next? You start because now that you're you basically went from school straight onto a show. Were you even auditioning and like meeting other casting directors at that point, or did you kind of have to start that whole thing after Guiding Light? Well, no, you do. Um, I think because of the prevalence of those shows and the content Mm -hmm. of what it was, it really was the kind of thing where they really tried to separate you. Mm. These people are over here and these people are soap actors and these people are musicals and, and, you know, and really try to define who it is that you are. So it was a, it was a real, um, it was, it took a lot of sweat because I felt like, in many ways, I was just going to have to start over. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're good enough and you start over, you'll be fine, right? Right. But it's just going to take a whole lot more time. Yeah. I mean, that's – I grew up um, – I did a couple of years on a soap opera when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. I have a lot Which of fri- – Days of Our Lives. And I have a lot of friends okay. who um, still are, are on Days and on other soap operas. And we talk about that a lot, how it's like you kind of get boxed in as a soap actor – as you can only be a soap actor, but really soap actors have like the best work ethic and you know, they're it's much harder work. So much harder. (laughs) So much harder. So much harder between the hours and the pay and just all everything in between. It's um, it takes a very, 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 very disciplined person Mm -hmm. to be able to put up with that schedule. Not just actors too. Right. I mean, the entire team. Oh yeah. To be able to do a show a day. Yeah. Yeah. And now some of them are doing like two a day, which I just don't even understand like how they do. I don't get, I don't get that. <laughs> I don't get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. 
go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Um, so... Do you, what was like the first, um, the first project that you did after Guiding Light? What was that one that kind of started the ball rolling again? God, um, I don't remember, but I do remember that that is right around the time where I had one that got away. Ooh. I was, I was back here in New York. Um, I had auditioned to for like a really great guest spot on one of the Law and Orders, and I got called in to read for Top Dog Underdog. Mm. It was still on Broadway. Jeffrey Wright was doing it. Most Def was leaving, wow. and they needed a replacement for him. Wow! And I just like walked into the public theater, like you know, naivete is awesome. Yeah. Right? Because, 
It just brings just such easy energy, right? <laughs> yeah. Like walking into public and I sat down with George Wolf and I auditioned, uh, read a bunch of stuff with him and I was and I was walking out and I was like, I really would like this gig. This is great. You know, I am not um scared mm. of Jeffrey and I really love like two person warfare. I think this is awesome. Yeah. Walked out before I got to my apartment, I got the job. <gasps> And it was one of those things, like, it, it had started the night before, right? It was sort of like 20 or 30 pages of material, and I'm going over it, and you get so self-conscious when you're in New York, and you're getting on the train, yeah. and sometimes, you know, you're talking to yourself. This was one of the, I just, I didn't care. And I, I'm, I'm in it, and I'm, and I'm <laughs> going for it, going for it, going for it. And I remember at, at some point I stopped, and, and I looked up, and the whole car was watching me. Right? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what they thought they were seeing, but they were all just sitting there watching. And this elderly woman sitting next to me turns to me and pats me on the arm, and she says, "We all really hope you get it." Oh, <laughs> how sweet! It was really, really, yeah. You can't write those words. Uh -uh. And uh, it was only because of uh, an immigration issue that. Equity has that SAG AFTRA doesn't have. Yeah. Um, by the end, we had called immigration and they were fine with it, but it was Equity that didn't want to get behind it and I lost the role. No. And then was laying on, you know, was in my apartment. The phone rings. It was my mother. She was like, How did it go with, with the pot? And I just started bawling. Oh. I just, I lost it. I lost it. And she said, Well, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you know. Take some time, call me back. She hangs up, and then I get a call from my agent. I booked the guest spot. No way. So, you know, in that moment, it's like you also have to remember to be to be grateful. Mm -hmm. you know? Wow. I <laughs> that mean, was the weird tornado. That, that is a tornado of a story, but it did end on a good note of yes, you didn't get, the, get to do the role that you actually booked and really wanted to do, but right. it started. Probably what was, you know, a long, well, what is a long lasting television career? Yeah. I started doing some theater when I was uh, still doing soaps. Mm -hmm. So even with the schedule, I thought it was important to continue to try to remain to do things that'll keep you sharp. You know, yeah. the soap schedule will keep you sharp. Yeah. If you have to audition, you know, you know, I mean, if you have to audition, save seven or eight scenes to learn. If you're in the middle of having done two or three months of heavy day, mm -hmm. you learn it in 10 minutes. 100%. Right? It's, a, it's such a muscle in that way, in the way that um, working in improv helps your writing. Mm -hmm. So I thought if I can at least remain connected to the theater while I'm doing this work, no problem. Yeah. I can sort of at least satisfy both of the things, even though one of them is paying okay and one of them is not paying. <laughs> I'm still, you know, I'm still getting my workout that I need in order to stay, to, to stay sharp. And it was, it was a climb. It was a real climb coming from all of the early stuff and off Broadway stuff. And, you know, but then you finally made it on Broadway with Fella. Yeah. I mean, and, how and cool. prior to that, I was doing, I was in, again, another one of those really impossibly wonderful situations. I'm, I was doing Ruined. Mm. And we had 
finished in Chicago and we were here in New York and we had, I think, either beat or tied the extension record in New York wow. for seven or eight extensions. Wow. We were supposed to end in the spring and didn't end until late, late fall. And so by that time I had booked Fela. So I was doing double duty. Wow. So I'm like in, in rehearsal and dance and doing all that stuff during the day. And then this other show. And I, I thought, how amazing, what a blessing to be in literally the two most badass shows. Yeah. The two most badass and African shows yeah. at the same time, you know? I mean, not, I, don't, I feel like probably no one else could say that. I was going to say not a lot of people could say that, but I don't think anybody else could say that. I think that is solely you. Which is fantastic. Like when you really think about how, how crazy that is, you know, with, with how many actors there are in the world, how many actors there are in New York, that you were able to do both of these amazing shows at the exact same time. I mean, that's wild. Like somebody's looking out for you. <laughs> Keep looking out. <laughs> Um, and then how long after until you did a uh, book of Mormon, was that more of a recent thing or was that, um, after Fela, it was about, I don't think it was about a year. Wow. Okay. It was about a year, maybe a year and a half. And, uh, yeah, the national tour was a ton of fun. Got to see some of the most amazing places mm. and, and I'll, they have such uh, a deep bench in terms of fans. Yeah. So everywhere we went, whether it was, you know, in the street or if it was, you know, uh, uh, at NBC, somebody was had just come to the show and really, really, really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a great show. <laughs> it was it was really, really great. A lot of fun. Wow. A lot of, a lot of fun. Let we got to go to um, see them make an episode. Um, so they took us to where they do all of their work out in Venice. Wow. And, you know, behind glass are all the, the Team America puppets. Yes. <laughs> and so, and, and when we were, we started in, in Denver. Hmm. So, at, you know, a day of rehearsal, one day they loaded us up in the bus and took us to Casa Bonita. Oh my gosh. And I, as we pulled up, I was like, guys, please, before we, everyone gets in there, I was like, can I do the Cartman run? Yes. Like, go right ahead. <laughs> and so they pulled up with the bus and I go, yeah, 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 look, oh my God, waterfalls. And I did the entire whole run that he does <laughs> before he gets caught. Oh yeah, video games. Yeah. And the whole thing and do the whole run before he gets apprehended. And they came out and he's like, you done? I was like, thank you. <laughs> And then everybody else came in. And Casa Bonita does have like diving platforms and like no pirate way. shows. It is the weirdest. Oh my God. Coolest, strangest, <laughs> weirdest, like big bowls of electric drinks. What? And it, you know, there's all these weird tiny shadows and grottos, right? Oh and plants goodness. overhanging these little caves. And there's arcades with like, you know, kids walking around. And grown adults wandering around with giant cheap liquor drinks. Like, this is a recipe for disaster. Oh my God, I love that. By the way, that was a fantastic Cartman impression. Like, I am super impressed right now. You should uh, put your name in the hat in case some, they need right? anybody else to take over that role. 
they made avatars for all of us as well. Oh my god! So we all have our own. I don't know where mine is right now. We all have our own our own avatars. Teleport character. That is amazing. Uh-huh. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, love yeah. that. Um, let's talk about your new show, Hit and Run, which is on Netflix. Let's. It what is, is it? Tell me all about it. Hit and Run without giving a lot away because yes. that's kind of really the uh, one of the what is really fun about the show. Um, it's an action thriller that takes place between Israel mm-hmm. and New York. Wow. And there is a hit and run acted involved that starts an incredible um, set of dominoes falling. And I play a detective in New York yes. who is really fully trying to get around all the BS and just get to the root of the matter and try to understand what's going on, who these people are, where they're from. Yeah. Wow. That's And so as fun. an Easter egg, as uh, uh, I was tackling our lead actor, <laughs> Leo Raz, who was also the star of Fauda. Mm. He's executive producer and, and star of this. Wow. He, um, one of the scenes, which I don't think is given much away, I'm tackling him and it is under the marquee of Book of Mormon. So there is a little Stop Easter it. egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so funny. Did they know that you were so, in Book of Mormon? Was that like a pure coincidence? No clue. Oh my they god. They had total coincidence. Total coincidence. Oh my god. That's real, so funny. Like, real live Easter egg, right? <laughs> um Sanad Lathan is in this with me. She's really fantastic. Great to work with. Um Greg Henry. Um, whom probably a lot of other folks will like know from Scandal mm-hmm. and some of his other shows, is in this great friend of mine. Not only is he a real amazing actor, he's also a devastating piano player and composer, really? which is how he and I met doing a musical development thing of a musical that he had written that we were doing uh, at Labyrinth. Wow. It was... Uh, I was in it with... Um, Jasmine Cephas Jones. Oh my gosh. And I can't remember who else was that, but Greg wrote the show. Amazing. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's amazing. Wow. Really amazing. Was this, um, so we, we, was this your first time playing a detective or had you played a detective on, on TV before? I've done a few detectives. Um, I've done all of the law and order <laughs> except for. Except for they did one where they came here. A good friend of mine was on it um, that was short-lived, but they were trying to do like an attorney thing uh. and sort of like like Young Turk attorneys. That's the only one I haven't done. So I've played <laughs> a bunch of detectives already on, and in different shows and a couple of films. But this one was really... it was I was able to really take it down really slow it down, mm. really take my time in terms of the process of this character, um, discovering things, working at things, unraveling. I mean, and they really tried to go with a very film noir aesthetic. Oh, wow. Um, my, my detective has like a full Hugo Boss coat yes. with the fedora, like New York style. Yes. Um, our director is Mike Barker who worked with um, Zoe White mm. 
a lot actually. They're a team, and they come from uh, Handmaid's Tale. Oh my gosh! So a lot of that really lush, heavy, deep color. Yeah. Uh huh. Really, really nice. And uh, Nia, uh, Niasa Hardiman. I always mispronounce her name. Directors that are thinking. Yeah. And really allow you to be a part of what's taking place. Mm. You know that you. People will find oftentimes, you know, there, there are a lot of times with directors like be here, be there, stand here, stand there, more, less, yeah. you know, some of the simple driving, you know, discussion, but to be able to stop for a second and say, hey, what about, there was one scene where I, you know, we were trying to solve a problem. I said, well, what about if the camera starts here, comes this way, slides this way, looks here, sees that, and then comes up and then rests here on my face. Wow. And 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 Mike was like, man, I don't think that's gonna work. It's just not really, you know, it's not it's not really the right way. It's like, okay. And you know, our our camera op comes in. And he goes, well, what about if we start like here <laughs> and we slide it over this way and then come back this way and then we like come straight up and then like move up and then like rest right here on his face. <laughs> Mike's like, damn it, fine, fine, Kevin, fine. Fine, take my credit. <laughs> But to be able to really be um, in a just in a highly collaborative process, yeah, what I really enjoy the most in this kind of work. I mean, and I think that's really important. I think if you know, when you when you're a guest star, or a co-star on a show, it's it's obviously incredibly different. You're there to do your job. It's e- like you go in, you go out, easy peasy. See you next time. But when you are reoccurring or or a regular on a show, it's you have that that relationship that you've built and you're able to like talk to the director, talk to the cinematographer, talk to the people that you are working close with and really be able to, you know, live creatively in this space and be able to express yourself, you know, as more than just somebody saying lines. I think it's, it's really important. It's very important and it becomes incumbent on us to start thinking in those more collaborative ways mm-hmm. because, you know, we shot with nine, 10 episodes, um, basically just at random. I mean, we're basically these days, particularly with streaming services and yeah. the way that they're organizing their budgets. Um, you're basically shooting a 10 hour movie. Mm hmm. So you really, so it's even more than it used to be. You got to really know where you are. Mm-hmm. Where are we writing this? Mo- because you are, you become part of um, the fabric, right? Right. So you don't want to be straying too far off in a direction just because on that day you may not have understood, you know, uh, it, I, I did Luke Cage and we, we experienced some of that, mm. but we tended to stick a lot closer to, you know, sort of episodic chunks, two at a time, maybe three at a time. But I remember going in and I had to torture somebody uh, whose name was uh, Piranha. <laughs> <laughs> and I, apparently I, I torture and kill him mm. with a piranha. Oh, okay. Which I did not understand until I got on set. <laughs> So I was like, so I'm killing piranha with with a piranha. I would have loved to have known that. <laughs> as as far back as yesterday, it'd have been great. Yeah, you know? just would have loved that time. Right. So there's a million things flying back and forth. I'm sure 
even, you know, in every department, it's just as confusing. Oh, I'm sure. So these days I really try to at least if I can have all of my scripts delivered mm-hmm. and then at least be able to start breaking it, breaking things down and having an understanding of what the arc is. I hate kind of coming in blind because then your your whole life and performance is sort of one note yep. because it's it's not connected to anything before mm-hmm. or after, right? So I feel like that's part of the the challenge. And to be able to remember that at four in the morning when it's 10 degrees. <laughs> yeah. You know, cop shows. So you shoot at night night and you shoot in the winter. Yeah, in the winter. I always feel bad for the people who are playing dead bodies. Oh, yeah. They're laying there nothing. And the the ground's cold. So it's absorbing their heat. And, you know, they're trying not to shatter their teeth. Again. (laughs) Because their body's trying to keep them alive. Wow. Um, well, on this on this podcast, we like to share audition stories. You've already shared um, a fantastic one, but uh, do you have any other stories that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, auditioning is so crazy. <laughs> I will say that I have a friend who still has... Um, is holding a bit of a grudge. He was coming into audition for a show that required uh, a guitar, playing guitar. Mm-hmm. I was coming from, I think, another job or something. I didn't have a chance to get home and get mine. Mm. They said, well, we'll just show up anyway. And I show up and he's there. And he, I think he's waiting for something. And they called me in. And I was like, oh, Bill, do you mind if I use your guitar? He said, oh, no, no problem. He pick up his axe and I go in the room and I just proceed to just kill the audition. Oh my God. <laughs> Came back out, handed it back to me. He's looking at me like, are you so serious right now? <laughs> <laughs> and I left and I booked a job. <laughs> oh no. And it was really just innocent. Just I just didn't have mine. And I, I you, he could have played mine. He has in the past. Like these are the kind of people I know from the music world. Yeah. Oh no. So he still kind of holds like a quasi grudge. Like <laughs> if I see him, I gotta buy him something to drink or you know. Oh, I love that. Like, well, at least it, at least it was you. you know, at least it was you. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I like that one. <laughs> Uh, well, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. What is Thanks. up next for you? Um, fingers crossed, season two. Mm. Um, I just had another film that came out this summer called oh. Payback. Nice. Playing a detective in that as well. Hey. Um, so I have to sit down, get some popcorn and watch that. Mm. Um, I'm doing a lot of writing. Sweet. Um, that's kind of been like my pivot. Yeah. Um, Working as part of a company called Greatest Stories Never Told, that we take plays to schools for kids that have um, history that they're not taught, um, interactive and scientific implications as well. So we've been supported by the NEA and by NASA. That's amazing. Our first show is Flying Hobos um, about James Herman Banning and Carl 
Thomas Cox Allen, who were the first two African-American men to fly oh my gosh. across the United States unassisted in 1932 in a plane that they built like, wow. you know, from scratch. So stories like that. We're doing Bessie Coleman next. Um, That's amazing. Katie Payne, who was uh, the woman scientist who discovered the elephant speaks subsonically. Being able to take stories like that to kids, they're not getting that in their education, Mm-mm. in their curriculum. So we're trying to do it on our end as a, as a nonprofit. And having been to some of these schools in some of these more and more remote areas where they're really not being brought anything different, anything special than what's just sitting on their desk. Yeah. We've, we've found a way to digitize and to bring um, these productions virtually. Wow. That's, um, I applaud you. Particularly now in the age of, you know, uh, Delta and the other two variants that are coming, because you know they are, you know, being able to try to meet kids where they are, I think, if we can, is important, given that their education has been disrupted for the last two years, Mm -hmm. and the implications of that will be the next seven to ten years Mm -hmm. in their lives, right? So try to meet them where they are. That's um, an incredible feet that you've taken on and I applaud you for all of that because that's I mean that's fantastic what a great way to use your talent to help the next generation truly beautiful um well I'm very excited to watch hit and run I'm probably gonna binge that this weekend Uh, (laughs) and I hope you guys get a season two and where can people follow you on social media to keep up with everything happening um Kevin Mambo is at um facebook but i am i am mambo on the insta awesome well thank you so much for coming on the show it's been such a pleasure to get to know you and talk to you and uh you too a lot of fun so much fun thank you again all right take care Thank you again to Kevin for coming on the show and spending some time with me. Make sure to check out Hit and Run on Netflix. I'm going to binge that this weekend. I'm very excited to watch it. I love a good thriller. Um, I love I love that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go watch Hit and Run, and I hope you do too. Um, if you are listening to the show right now, I hope that means uh, that you like it and that you're going to hit that subscribe button. Uh, leave us some love, some stars, some uh, some words. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and check out our graphics, our little video clips from these interviews. Um, and what else? Tell your friends, tell your family. It really does help get the word out about the show. And I love doing this, so I want to continue doing this for you guys. Um, so please go tell someone new about the show today. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.